On tonight's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Detective Dan kickstart next year's Shushy Awards with an amazing crying scene on Lucifer, if the boys continue to have a whale of a good time, and who will win the final Shushy for show of the year. All of that and more on the all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I will be the host of this episode, which means that it's my job to like bring you a high-octane, high-fuel, full-of-stunts-wet-and-wild episode today. But, I mean, that's that's a lot to put on one person's shoulders, and every good show needs a couple of co-hosts, so I've brought my very best friends along. Here with me, as always, is my good friend, Ryan. Wait, so... We're we're all co-hosts now. We can we all have the title of co-host. Oh my god! I immediately see my air in this. Like sometimes I just throw words out there and don't realize the consequences. And that was the worst one I could have thrown out to you. Please welcome. Means- wait, I'm gonna do another take. Hold on. Please welcome my subordinate and um, just friend <laughs> subordinate who's below me though and definitely has to follow my cues. Uh, number one is Ryan. Hey Ryan, how's it lo- going? And I love how literal this is. If you were all. Uh, at the Pop Filter Studio. We're back. We're finally recording back at the studio. And Cassie, the chair that you're sitting in is, what do you think, 10 feet higher than mine? Like Yo, you needed an actual yeah. ladder to get into it? It's a She's the point- Jared Kushner of the Pop Filter Podcast. I think everybody's known that. And it's 10.5. Thank you very much, Ryan. It's a little bit higher than you would have thought. And that other voice so- you heard. Yep. I'm sorry. What else did you have to say? Oh, I, I can still beat you in a slam dunk contest. <laughs> nobody Bro, nobody, nobody thinks that's true. You don't know about this vert, bro. But that other voice you heard was my other subordinate and friend, Mike. How's it going? I'm going great. It's going well. <laughs> Everybody is fine. My neck is hurting from looking up at your fucking chair. Mm-hmm. I don't like the remodeling effort you did while we were all gone. Are yeah, Mike's like double screwed because he has to look up at you and look down at me. Yeah, it should be noted there is it is a hierarchy here. We do have each chair based on like our rankings. Right, Mike, and I can't handle being number two. My chair is about six foot tall. Six foot. Solid vertical. How do you get up in that chair? I jump. Easy. Easy peasy. I I parkour. Yeah, I hardcore parkour salmon ladder straight into the chair. (laughs) And Ryan, uh, how tall is that chair you're working with? Uh, My chair is like a normal uh, office chair with the legs cut out. So (laughs) I'm just just sitting on the floor, essentially. Sitting crisscross applesauce with some back support. (laughs) <laughs> it's got that back support, and that's how you know you're a cherished member of the Your Pop Filter Studio. It's like one of those gamer chairs that's just on the ground, but instead of video game music coming from the speakers, it's just Cassie and Mike just over and over again saying, fuck you, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, we, we You're a dumb shit. A <laughs> we, were, we had to record a bunch of times to get the tone just right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You could, yeah I, get, uh, I mean, you guys are professional recorders, so yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect right now. <laughs> Thank you. Wait till you hear the saw blades come in in like an hour. It's going to be so fun, Ryan. But do you guys like what we've done, everything else we've done in the studio? Because I'm liking, I'm liking this chill vibe we've created. Well, social distancing is still there. Not just uh, horizontally, but vertically. We're, yeah. We're six feet apart, both up <laughs> and to the side. Um, so that's good. Um, and yeah, still masks and everything. But mm-hmm. we're actually believers in science, so it's not a big deal for us. Yeah, I, and I, I do like, like, light can be so harsh. I do like that we replaced all normal bulbs with black light. Mm-hmm. And then ha- you couldn't really see, so we then also painted everything in that day glow paint to just, like, make it pop. Which I was worried about the black light because I'm pretty sure when previous, like, when Taylor was here, I believe he lived in a trash can, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, there's there's so many deep and rude stains when that comes with a trash can. We had raccoons in here at one point, so like to bring a black light was a bold choice. Yeah, those raccoons might have came everywhere, but yeah. luckily they didn't. <laughs> well, they were respectable raccoons. Raccoons are the only animals with like human-like hands that could mm-hmm. jerk that penis right off. So it's, yeah. there's probably. I also think it's weird that while we were gone, the um, uh, you know the crew that works here. 
they also sort of turned the studio into like an old school Disneyland dark ride. So every time <laughs> we turn a corner, some fucking character of our past pops out and scares the shit out of us. Be it Taylor I, or Arrow, like somebody just <laughs> comes out and is like, yeah. The dude from District 9 was like, remember, I was on a show on PlayStation, the channel? I'm like, oh, fuck. Charlotte Cobbley, what are you doing here? But when they do the Halloween version of it, it's going to be so fun when all their heads are just pumpkin heads instead. It's going to be a blast. I'm looking forward to that. Or they're just going to have, like, somebody's going to tape a sign on them, a white sign with black writing that says Halloween version on every single one. (laughs) Spooky now. It's almost too spooky. And speaking of spooky, you guys, we got to talk about the devil himself as the main event when we talk about some episodes of Lucifer. But before we get to Lucifer, we are giving away the biggest shishy of the year. We are got to figure out what is the best show of the year. We've made it. We've done it, you guys. The whole year has been leading up to this. It is the biggest shishy we have ever given away. And it is time for us to try to start figuring out the show of the year. Ryan, how are we starting this off? So with all of the other shishies, as everybody knows, um, we sort of cut it down to five nominees. And then the three of us did that. And then we opened it up to all of our adoring fans. If fans out there, if you didn't vote, what the fuck, man? Like, yeah, that's fucked up. Come on. Uh, and then we would give that one a shishy. For this one, we're going all the way from the bottom to the top. We had 39, by my count, 39 comic book shows. <sighs> In one year? In one, in one year. calendared shush, calendared year? Yes, yeah, since what? the last time that we did the shushies, 39 different enterprises released at least one episode of a television show. We're goddamn heroes. That's, where is our medal? We're giving away all these awards, but yet nobody is giving us anything. That's insane. Yeah, world. Where's the world, world medal for excellence? We should probably get that. Um, so the three of us all uh, combined our lists, and this is what we believe to be the definitive ranking. And so as we go down, we will eventually get to what is the show of the year. And I'm sure that we'll have time, right, guys, to get to the number one show of the year today? Oh, for sure, for sure. With how we do things? Right. For okay. sure. I'm optimistic, too. It sounds like you're not, but we have to start at the bottom. We respect and love all of these shows. Nope. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we might as well just we might as well get that out of the way. Rip that bandaid off. Um, I'm interested to see what you guys think of this ranking and at, at this bo- at, like this low on the list. Do you even remember these shows? Your bottom four shows of the year, and I, I there is something interesting that you guys will notice. Number thirty nine is V Wars. Number thirty uh-huh. number thirty eight is Krypton. Number thirty seven is Fear the Walking Dead. Number thirty six is The Walking Dead. None of this is surprising. I guess Krypton is the most, like, that was this year. That wasn't five years ago. Uh-huh. And it ran for a whole season, which is insane. Which I think is going to be a theme, right? Like, some of these, it's going to feel like we haven't watched for fucking ever. It's because yeah. they, they got canceled a long time ago, or we just didn't care about them that much when they were on. And V Wars, V Wars was absolutely, V Wars might be the worst show we've watched in the entire run of this podcast. That's the I one actually, that I can't really even fully remember. Like, it's a zombie one, right? Or no? No, V stands for vampire, not... Oh, but of course. <laughs> I forgot the alphabet and how that works. <laughs> but it was uh, two guys became vampires. They were like winter scientists and released a vampire disease around the world. Like, mm-hmm. that was all in the pilot. And then the rest of the show was like, two years later. And one guy was like, we're the bad vampires. And the other guy was like, what if vampires could be good? Uh, oh. And it was Boone from Lost, who also has been on another vampire show in forever. Uh, for forever. Yeah, it was so bad, man. Did, did you get it through, like, one episode? No, I, I think, think I, I did, too. Of that. Ooh, Are you serious? Well, oh, Mike, love I think yourself. so. Um, this was, I think, the darkest time in the history of the Superhero <laughs> Show show because uh, not only was Netflix on, had V-Boards, but then had other shows that we're going to talk about soon. And it was also, we thought, oh, Netflix just renews everything. So we're going to have to watch multiple seasons of these shit shows, and then they're probably going to bring more shows on. Right. It, it was the dark time of they got rid of Marvel's Netflix shows so this is their attempt and we're like it's even worse somehow because we're not the biggest fans of the marvel netflix shows in the world like we're a little more critical than most people are and we're like oh you can't do anything right Uh, they they didn't even do the thing that sci-fi did which is go and get canadian 
shows, right? right? Like mm-hmm. Dark Matter and Winona Earp. Those and uh, Vagrant Queen. Those are sci-fi or Canadian shows that sci-fi just went and bought. Guys, the other side of this, though, is both Walking Dead shows that we yeah. have now. We're going to have more later. Thank the Lord. But both <laughs> of them hit the... Are these really two of the four worst shows, or are we just so burnt out? Done with them? It, I, I actually think the original Walking Dead might be a little higher. Not a lot higher, but I think this is just... it's As a collective, it is our most hated show, just because I think the fall from grace at one point, mostly in the pilot, we liked this show. And then it just kept plummeting and kept sticking around like some sort of undying, hungry monster that I can't think of the name of. A vampire. Of vampire. Course. A vampire. It's a, it's a vampire. <laughs> a, a Frankenstein's vampire, probably. Z is for vampire. <laughs> but yeah, it's just this show has been on way too long. And the fact that we know it's not going to die anytime soon is also isn't helping it. That It, it has this yeah. foreboding of like, this is in our life forever. I think, yeah, I think that if we were t- if mathematically technical critics, if that is such a thing, then there are f- there are worse made shows mm-hmm. that we watch. But it, there's this other side of just like uh, our, our our burnt out bias, where we almost we're like we're putting it down there to teach the world a lesson. Right, you, st- you stay around too long, we're gonna fucking put you at the bottom <laughs> of the list. It's been around for a decade. The original version. It's crazy that Fear the Walking Dead, the new shitty kid on the block. Has been around for six years. Yeah. Uh, and it, in the same week we were voting, they announced Daryl and Carol versus the Dead and then uh, the Walking Dead anthology show. And that's not including Walking Dead World Beyond. Like, they cannot let it go. So I think it was a lot of angry voting, knowing what's coming. <laughs> it really was. As soon as you said an anthology show, I didn't even know about that one. Like, if I could move this lower on that list, I would have now again. Yeah. Just so every fact. It'll be like every episode is about whoever they fucking feel like that day. Man. So it, if those four are just the ones that get like the most hate from us, right? Like the most biased hate, then I would say that this next group of five is probably the stuff that like, oh, but this is just straight up bad. Your number 35, sh- your number 35 show is Daybreak. Uh-huh. 34 is October Faction. 33 is Raising Dion. So Netflix, three for three right there. Number 32 is Titans, and number 31 is Swamp Thing. So that's DCU. DC, yeah, DC Universe, two for two right there. A lot of these have that, like, we were excited for them, and then it just fell so flat. Like, Titans, when it was first announced, like, people were excited for, and then, like, they started releasing, like, photos and stuff of, and it immediately became a laughing stock. And then it came out, and it was just like, absolutely not. No way. Yeah, that is a bad... Just a straight-up bad show, but so forgettable and boring. There's not enough to, like, grip your teeth into hate. I I don't know. I think that if it came out at a certain time where we had more time to watch it, or maybe if we were DC fans, um, I don't think it's that bad. Like, I'm, really? I'm not t- it, it does belong here, but, like, as I hop in and out throughout the two seasons, I don't know if it's awful. Um, the one that I was referring to before was October Faction. This is... This is one of the worst shows that I have ever fucking seen. I think, Mike, you might have been on hiatus. Yeah, I've, I've not seen a second of October Faction, and I am fine with that. <laughs> and is, it, is this before your time, Cassie, or do you, did you watch no, it? I was coming on towards the end of October Faction, and it was at the point where everybody was like, this is bad. Like, we're just, this is going to be the ones we like wrap up real quick. So it was me just trying to piece sh- the show together from like d- show descriptions, and I was so lost. I was like, even from descriptions, this seems like a disaster. And then, Mike, you had you had a little bit of excitement for Daybreak, right? It the idea of it was fun. I love post apocalypse. I love like high school movies. Matthew Broderick was in it, and th- there was like in the pilot, like, okay, this is bad, but maybe, but maybe, and it just kept being bad and like. Deadpool for kids in the worst way. Uh, what a terrible description of something. Does post-apocalypse and Matthew Broderick's almost rhyme? Yeah, I mean, if I was a rapper, you know I'd rap about Daybreak. Is that a slant that, rhyme? It's a slant rhyme, yeah. which is a thing that's real. <laughs> the final one of these five is of the bottom nine. The top of the bottom nine is Swamp Thing. Uh, the CW is going to start airing episodes of Swamp Thing, guys, right when we almost have no shows to watch. I'm down. Uh, I was also on hiatus when this was first came out, and I've heard good things about this show. 
I it's I've watched a couple episodes and it's not great. It might be one of those th- like this might be the marker right here of everything else from here is actually not that bad. So mm-hmm. that's why Swamp Thing is this low. It's not great, but if you guys wanted to do it weekly with the CW crowd, I would be down. If you guys did not want to do that, I would be more down for that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the, was the issue with this one that like it didn't like it was cheesy, but it didn't know it was cheesy. Like, were they trying too hard with it? There, yeah, but it's not like it's not as hard as you would think. It's like it it, it does sort of revel in its B movie stuff, and the perfor- a lot of the performances are very over the top. Will Patton, who was like a uh, Michael Bay guy uh, from the late '90s, early 2000s, he was in Armageddon and stuff. He is like screaming and yelling as a Southern rich man. It's it, a lot of that. Uh, Ian Ziering, Ian Ziering from Beverly Hills 90210 is a movie star in this. Um, he was also he in Sharknado. <laughs> um, there is a lot to like. And then some of the set pieces are insanely disgusting to look at, like annihilation level disgusting. Uh, but what it seems to me, though, is that there was a lot of work put into the pilot. And then they were like, oh, wait, we got to make more of these things. Fuck. We thought you would say that was cool. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And then I had something to show my parents, and then that would be it. Let's talk off air if you guys want to do this or not, because we really don't have a lot of shows to watch for the rest of the year because of the pan. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But yeah, and that's your bottom nine, guys. It yeah, it, it's a it's a mix of like utter utter trash things we personally hate and just like what was that? Like mm-hmm. I think the next round actually is going to be truly us trying to remember what a show was like raising yeah. Dion's in that where I'm like that's that low because I remember us being like that kid's cute like I I know we didn't like it but I remember so fucking little about it. I think that was another one that was kind of like a let ended up being more of a letdown just because it. The idea was super cool, and I think the execution is where it suffered for sure. I think if you go back and listen to old superhero show shows, you'll see a lot of these things, like Raising Dion, the pilot, were like, okay, right? It was okay. And it's just because we're so tired of hating shit. And then then the next week, we watch another episode, and we're like, well, no. And then we never talk about it again. (laughs) But yeah, this next round is going to be interesting for sure as we really start to wade through some stuff and figure it out. Which we'll get to that, but but first, of course, we got to go to our main event, which is Lucifer. (laughs) On episode six of Lucifer, we see the tipping point that finally pushes Lucy and Chloe to get together. And I think we all knew that that would be Chloe's famous DJ X showing up. Episode seven shows (laughs) Lucifer trying to learn how to share after his mojo powers get sexually transmitted to Chloe. It's all fun and games until Dan falls for one of Michael's tricks and believes that he is now on a mission from God to kill Lucifer. So Taste Buds, I ask you... Can you hear the word mojo without immediately thinking of Austin Powers? Oh, I was going to no. say Shakey's. Shakey's? Shakey's like the fast food? Yeah, because they have pizza and they have mojo potatoes. I did oh. not even know that. Okay. But yeah, oh. I don't know if mojo is just like a British thing where like I've never heard mojo except for with British people. It, it it does. It was like one of those things that people used to say, and then Austin Powers came in and so made it its own that it's impossible to untangle. Yeah. It's like uh, Michael Scott's. That's what she said. Right. It really did, did exist before invent- that, but mm-hmm. now he is the sole owner. And at no point did they reference it, even though Lucifer is British. Like I feel like there should have been some sort of wink and a nod because they just kept saying Mojo. It's got to be like an intentional thing, too, because everybody knows Mojo has been ruined by this show, and they kept throwing it out there. I was like, there's something here, and we're just not getting the joke. But they They're never said Austin Powers, did they? No. no. That's shocking to me. That yeah. they right. never had, like, so many TV shows feel like, oh, but if we point it out, then we can do whatever we want. I wonder if they're like, it's been so long, nobody will fucking know what we're talking about. Let's just move on, which is like... A more mature move than I would have thought the Lucifer writers had. Yeah. But we did, as I mentioned, we did finally get Lucifer and Chloe together. And it was this interaction between um, Chloe's ex, who was a famous DJ, that came in and made like Lucifer jealous. And that just seems fitting for this show, right? For that to be like what tips it over is a DJ. Yeah. And a lot of it, too, revolves around his equipment, his, like, DJ machine. Like, do you guys think that this was too obvious? Was this a DJX ma- ma- machina? I think it might have been a DJX machina. Without a doubt. 
But yeah, as soon as she came up and like was like, oh, this is a pioneer board, I was like, what the fuck is this show doing? <laughs> this is unreal. Yeah. <laughs> Chloe, who is a dumbass all the time and uh, is super bad at being a detective, just has all this DJ. Is it, is it from her ex that she has yeah. all this? Like, oh, look at this pioneer board right here. It's a four or five spec with a nine, six, eight. <laughs> Even though they were like together in high school. Yeah. It, which the way they talked about it, which means really she just been like he uses Fruity Loops. I don't know anything else. <laughs> like <laughs> high school DJs don't use all the equipment. Yeah, that was a rich ass kid for sure. What's also sad is that Dan. So this is twenty years later, and Dan is still hung up about this guy instead of just like move on. Like there's something about shows, and maybe it's really is the writers is just the language of TV where people don't let go the high school stuff. Like they will always be angry, and you're like no. That person knew them when they were a kid. Who gives a fuck? Move on. I wonder if this is a way that you can tell what the writer's room looks like. Um, And the more male writer's room, the more plot lines we'll have where somebody has a fucking grudge about a 20-year-old ex-boyfriend. And the more women that are in the writer's room, they'll be like, "Ah, can we talk about something else now? Like, can we have a story about anything else? (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy because, like, I remember you know watching shows growing up so much revolves around like high school stuff because these are full-grown-ass adults and i was like man high school really must be a big deal and like it was, don't it was just that it. four years guys it was just the four years of your life and it is formative but i don't think anybody i know in real life could get this hung up while they're with somebody in a romantic relationship over and if they are like either chloe should be ending things with lucifer or if chloe is actually into jed the dj lucifer should be like oh you have weird issues go to therapy i'm out Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like I, as you said with Dan, like he straight up has a kid with him with Chloe, which yeah. he points out like so aggressively at this one, and you're like, yeah, bro, it's fine. This kid is like essentially raising herself at this point. Which I, I think it's important for some character on Lucifer to do every once in a while to point out that Chloe and Dan have a kid because yeah, they forget <laughs> they a lot. Yeah, and this it also didn't feel like this is Dan is going through a lot, right? Like mm-hmm. he is, he is, he, he's got a case of the feels. This didn't even feel like part of that. It felt like this would have come even if he was at his uh, tippy-toppiest. He still would have freaked out and been like, man, I hate that handsome DJ. Yeah. But this episode, what it did give us with having this DJ in the scene is to allow them to have a sting operation where they are all in rave clothes. And I just have to talk about their outfits for a second because, my God, they would Girls night out at the rave. (laughs) Chloe was in like an all leopard pantsuit with then these neon orange glasses. And there was so much fur on everybody else. It was fucking amazing. It was so good. I got to give it to... I I have to give the award to Dr. Linda, though. I think it's the... Are they pigtails that come out of the side of your head? Yeah, uh, with the, like the little neon beads that hold them together, and also she was the most, uh, she had the most buy-in. You know, like she was so ready to party. They had to remind her that they were there for a serious sting operation. She was just like, "I'm away for the baby for the first time. I'm getting tanked." Yeah. <laughs> she did not care what they had to do there. And then Maze was mostly Maze's whole thing was, uh, Ella is sweet. Everybody says I'm not. Maybe I should be like Ella. So she started. She just stole her clothes and mm-hmm. acted like her. So everybody was dressed up rave style, and Maze was just dressed up in Ella's normal jeans and t-shirt. And I appreciate that character beat because I think a lot of times that when one character tries to do an impression of the other, they drive around to a bunch of like thrift stores. Uh huh. Maze went right to Ella's closet. Just take <laughs> yeah. their clothes. That's so much quicker. It's so that scene was so good because I've never seen like the my real me on screen before. But when uh, Maze got like stuck talking to that chick who just sucks for like an hour, I was like, "There's me in the club. There it is. That one's real." You're talking to the random, or you are the <laughs> shitty chick. Yeah, both. It depends on the night. Depends on what I'm drinking. It can go either way. Also, I could totally see a world where Cassie as a baby had two toys: a sharp rock and a dull rock. Yeah. So the maze connection absolutely <laughs> yeah. makes sense. You take the sharp one, try to stab things. Take the dull one, make it sharp. Uh, the other important uh, question I have to ask you, which this show brought up, was that um, how many EDM songs do you think sample animal sex noises? Most of them. Yeah, yeah I would just assume hundred percent. It's got to be at least at least ninety nine percent. Which I don't know why I didn't recognize. Like it should have been right there. Um, but we did get. We should talk about episode seven for a little bit here because we got now uh, Chloe and Lucifer like together. And I want to know how you guys feel about like them as a couple. We didn't get it for long because of the other mojo issue that popped up, but we did get to see them. Yeah, Cassie, I, I think I got to let Mike talk. Okay, Watching yeah. them wake up together because the, the last episode had ended with them going to bed. This They woke up together, obviously fucked, still super new each other. It was like legit heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know. 
You didn't. Ryan says no. This was a rough week for me on the superhero show show because I had to deal with uh, Chloe and Lucifer and Huey and Annie all fucking making Gaga eyes at each other, and it was a lot. And I know that it's supposed to be annoying, but when people are fucking first in love, it's it makes people want to fucking throw up <laughs> everywhere. I like to see people who have been in love for thirty years and shut the fuck up and leave each other alone. <laughs> no, I, yeah, them them in bed before they get out of bed and realize the Mojo thing. Them just being cutesy, talking about getting breakfast burritos. I thought was very sweet, and I didn't know the show cared to be just sweet. It was a long time they spent to focus on, like, just how sweet they are together. But it was weird to see, like, no friend really enjoys, like, that part of the relationship. So to have, um, is it Elle? Ella? Ella, The forensic chick who was just, like, super excited when they just, like, would, like, say one word at the same time and be so proud of themselves. Like, she was also so Uh, proud of them. I was like, no way. That's who Ella is. (laughs) She just stood there, like, catatonic. Just like, (laughs) look. Can we, uh... Can we get to her, though, real quick? Can we talk yeah. about... Because she's also in love, I guess. Well, she just met a guy. I don't know, in love. But yeah, she's been like... she. We know she goes for bad boys. If, they have, if they're bald and have tattoos where no normal person should have tattoos, she's all about it. It like makes it... It's her kryptonite. Like She will stop doing anything she should be doing. But As we talked this, about last week, she's all, uh, she's all about it so much that she also thinks that Chloe's all about it. And Chloe yeah. will just be like, why would you think I'm all about that? <laughs> and then there's this darkest reporter... Uh, who asks her out, and now she's like, we both speak Klingon. <laughs> Let's go hang out. <laughs> that Klingon scene also went on for a long time. They had a full Klingon conversation. It was I watch it titles. I watched it with subtitles, and yeah, it's just like screaming Klingon. That's, <laughs> that's all it said. But do you guys, is this legit? Do you guys think that this is not someone who was going to fucking murder her or try to fuck uh, over the Lucifer gang? I hope not. It totally is. I, it's I'm, gotta I'm, be. I'm putting my chips in that he is some or some demon thing. Can Michael switch his face? I don't think so. No, I feel like he that's why Lucifer uh, jigsawed him, like what Frank Castle did to Billy. Just uh-huh. rubbed his face in a mirror. Lucifer did that to Michael, and Michael's face is still fucked up, even though he's an angel. I love how yeah. common that strategy is in the shows that we watch. <laughs> but it did you know like that whole scene where um, they're like in the photo developing room of that serial killer. And it's uh, Ella and that new boyfriend. Like, I thought he was going to kill her in that room. Like, I had strong <laughs> killer vibes the whole time. I was like, I don't trust this guy. I like how convoluted that would be, is we're hunting for a different serial killer, and I am another serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> it just, but, like, the vibe was too strong. He can't resist once one serial killer, and he gets those vibes he's got to kill. Isn't it, like, Mike, isn't this why we went and married other people? So as to not be Pete and Ella? Like, yes. You should just hang out with that person. Yeah, hang out with them a lot, but like have a life outside that will always dislike <laughs> your partner who you say things with. This is another thing too about the the how cutesy it is. Um, Ella and Pete both know Klingon, and Huey and Annie both know every word to Billy Joel's "We Didn't Start the Fire." Like, yeah. if, if that happens, hang out with that person. Go have sex with other people. Right. In <laughs> in. In in my experience, you try to know all the words, and then you get one wrong, and she doesn't let it go for years. <laughs> That's best friendship. <laughs> That's how friends work. The relationships that were really working for me, though, were the three guys when they were ha- helping Amenadiel babysit. And just mm. the three of them, like, as clueless, like, dads, not even full dads, just three guys trying to take care of a baby. I, I adored every second of that. Well, it was nice for it to have Dan feel confident for once about right. one yeah. fucking thing. But that, that's my my issue was that he was still like I don't know like no Dan this is the one thing you should you, be good at <laughs> like you super know this Dan you got it like take that confidence the other thing too is you know like religion kind of freaks me out anyway but also sort of so does uh, poor TV writing um, Dan's freaking out because he thinks his one true love Charlotte went to heaven and he's going to hell um, one that's all bullshit dude even with uh, angels and demons floating around I still think that's insane two Dan you were a corrupt cop. Like in episode one, six years ago. No one yeah. remembers that shit. You're fucking fine. Yeah, he keeps bringing it up so we remember he has a personality. <laughs> like, we're like, wait, what? Was that part of it? But yeah, so that, that that's the big the stinger. Michael tricks it all so that Dan sees Lucifer's devil face because it's the one thing that makes Charlie stop crying. Mm-hmm. And you got to give it up to Michael for like looking at this whole group of friends and cast members and being like, I don't, I can't. They're so tough. They're so strong together. Oh, no, Dan. I'm going to pick on Dan. I could get, yeah. get Dan for sure. Always 
the puka shells is always a good hint that they're the weak link. <laughs> did in the yeah, beginning of the it. show in the beginning of the show, Cassie, you said Dan's you talked about Dan's crying scene. Mm-hmm. Did did that work? Is he a good actor? Was that really <sighs> awkward to watch? It it was awkward. Yeah, his, I'm terrified for Charlotte, for me, for Chloe, for Trixie. I thought that was sweet that he remembered like he had a kid in that scene. He's he's worried about his ex wife. Uh I, I think it's that movie and TV emotion is way bigger than real emotion. Mm-hmm. And so it feels, and we've never seen this side of Dan. I don't know if he's good or not. It it fell off. Something fell off. That was, that, that's such a part of it is that we made him be the butt of our jokes for so long, just like the rest of the characters on the show, right. that it could have been good if that was the first time we've seen it, but seen him, but I don't know if it was or not. Yeah. It was like he put his whole, like, he was fully committed to it. Like, there was, like, if they would have zoomed in, there's probably snot pouring down. Like, he went <laughs> full for it, which he had to do, but it, I don't, like, it was. Something was just a little off. Yeah, let's say this. I think the actor did a good job there. Mm-hmm. But I think the show has not let us care about Dan in that way that it hit the way they wanted it. But to. the show has also not trained us to deal with any scene like that from any character. Right. You know, like, the show is a little too cool for school. Like, we deal with emotions quickly. And the one who has been best at, like, fighting against that has been Maze, especially uh-huh. in these two episodes. You know, like, I, I think that she, her trying to figure out, like, if I need a soul or want a soul, that's about as far as a four-year consideration scene we can get. And right. so it's not even about, like, Dan's acting. It's about what the show has trained us to uh, expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you guys, that is all the time we have to talk about Lucifer. We will see the conclusion of the cliffhanger next week. It is on Netflix. You should be watching it along with us. And up next, we're going to go back to the shushies. We are working our way to figure out which show deserves to be show of the year. And Ryan, we are. is this the second to bottom list we're dealing with right now? This is, I guess, third to bottom. Okay. Or second to bottom. Yeah, it is, for sure. Uh, your number 30 show of the year is Batwoman. 29 is Pennyworth. 28 is Preacher. 27 is Supergirl. And number 26, nominated for one shushy, best villain, Pepper Smith. It's Katie King. What? I'm sorry, what <laughs> that, number was that? No, give me the number again. Where are we 26. at? 26. 26 out of 39. Guys, I know you hated it, but that seems cruel. There was, I can't believe it's this high up. That was that seems it had some good parts. Okay, it was at least a little bit entertaining. Where it deserves to be higher than twenty six. I don't know. I think Ryan listed four shows better than it in this batch. No way. I can't even remember what half. Of the, it was true. Like I can't remember what half of those shows are, but I could tell you every plot line to Katie Keaton right now. Supergirl is certainly better, even though it's it's gotten shaky and rocky, and it's like the biggest drop off probably of the shushies. It the, is certainly better than Katie Keene. The final season of Preacher is number twenty eight. I mean, if you've listened to superhero for long enough, that shouldn't surprise you. We were down on the show more than the rest of the world. I still think that means that's not like technical voting. That's uh, disappointment voting. Like it, it was still better than a lot of the stuff that's ahead of it. But mm. we were so sad that we pushed it down. Like, we remembered how good it could be or how good it should have been. But you think, like, our opinion was lower than most people on this one? You think it still was, like, highly revered in people's eyes? Not highly revered, but yeah. not uh, uh, More revered. In the top 25. It's not mm-hmm. in the top 25. Yeah. Uh, the other two that we have are from DC. It's... Uh, Batwoman and Pennyworth, and for those two, I would say I think we were a little disappointed that Batwoman was so low, and but it was just you know we talked a lot of shit about the lead performance and how it didn't separate itself from the CW shows, and Pennyworth was so high because it was it's kind of a well made show. Was it? This is also in Mike's hiatus, so I haven't seen all like the super origin stories, Pennyworth and Krypton. I just missed out on last summer. Bummer. (laughs) But it was like. Pennyworth, didn't it play like on HBO or something? No, Cassie, then we would have watched it all. It was on Epics, E-P-I-X. It was ah, on the channel was called Epics. <laughs> it was just so, like, they spent so much money to, like, advertise that thing, and then, like, it was not being talked about, like, from people well, watching it. They had to spend a lot of money because first you have to say, hey, guys, there's a channel called Epics, <laughs> and we you have know? a Batman show called Pennyworth. <laughs> 
So it's kind of a double campaign. But then renewed it. Like, yeah. apparently the money was worth it somehow, which I do not understand. And they were like, yeah, let's let's do it again because, relatively speaking, it is our number one show. What does that mean? Like, like Epic just saying, yeah, not oh, for us. Epic. I thought you meant for us. It's like, I don't understand math, but I don't understand what you just said. <laughs> for us, it's very specifically our number 29 show. We're probably the only entity that can exactly say... That Pennyworth is our number twenty nine show, but yeah, but for Epics, it's like it's their big quote unquote hit, and uh, yeah, Cassie, I've never, I've never talked to somebody about it. I've never, there's not a podcast about it um, that I know of. I, I've never seen it on like any like comic book or TV websites. So. It just kind of it's fell off, and I don't know why. Like the acting was, it had strong actors and everything, right? Yeah, no, it's it's really well made. Like, or it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It, this one's a mystery. So, should this be higher? I think that what what I'm guessing is that we were in a tough time with a lot of shows, and we had to ignore it. And if it comes back in a more dead time, which is totally possible because no one can film right now, right? Um, or it comes back when everybody can film, and we have two shows for like the next year, and then forty shows a week. I don't know, <laughs> but it really isn't bad. Batwoman's in an interesting position because it can, like, next year for it is a big determinant of if it moves up mm-hmm. or down for us. I'm intrigued for what will happen there. Yeah, I I mean, I feel so bad. Like, Ruby Rose tried so hard and got so injured, but um, having a new Batwoman could be big. But also, I do want to know why you're different than the seven other CW shows. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like, when we talk about Arrow or Legends... That's different than when we talk about just this generic, hey, I'm a hero on CW. How are you? Good, well, I hope. And that's, I mean, that's the biggest difference is Legends and Arrow started to carve their own. And the, the ones that start to fall are like, there's a general CW flavor that we have instead right. of... It's like a uh, CW flavor. There's five lovable New York kids that were abandoned and didn't get a oh, second man. season. No, He's, this show's garbage, dude. <laughs> I am I'm so glad. I'm the baby bear on this one. I I think that it, uh, I think both of you are insane. It is <laughs> it is neither anywhere near as good or as bad as you two are talking. It's a show that knew what it was, and you got to respect it for that at the very least. It didn't try to be well. It tried to be a little bit more than it was, but it it showed. <laughs> I'm losing the argument as I talk about it. It was delightful. <laughs> All right, so I like this rhythm, Mike. Let's do this next time. I'm going to read the next five, and both of you just figure out your what the fuck and then scream at the other two. (laughs) Your number 25 show is The Flash. 24 is Runaways. 23 is Snowpiercer. 22 is Black Lightning. And 21 is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. It was like... I, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, like, normally I'd be shocked that it was... Is that, like, 20 you said around there for that one? 21, yeah. Normally, like, I would expect this one to be a little bit higher, but it did... It fell a lot for me this season. They they threw in a lot of aspects, like, the pagan worshipping and the carnival. Like, it was... Each episode had a whole lot going on, and I was like, maybe the show does need to wrap up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I liked all of the stuff that they did. Um, it's just, there's always something like for every good idea that they have, there's a dumb fucking thing there's that they do about it. To, like demon blood. And it's yeah. like, you don't need that. It's okay. You can focus on the one thing. It's all right. And it just like the best part of like the season right before that was when we got to see Sabrina go like a little bit towards the evil side and she was fighting more with that. In this one, it was just like, I couldn't tell you if she was evil or bad. Like she was just like neutral, like chaotic, but like no feelings. Which yeah, I think. Oh, so they finally were like, "Here's Karen Shipka's emotional range for as an actress. Let's give that to her as a character." Oh mm-hmm. damn! Shots fired. I, I can't wait to watch the uh, Katie Keene Sabrina crossover where Mike has to watch all of these actresses perform at the same time. Oh my god, what a joy that episode will be! That's going to be but the no, main event, right? The reason that I liked this season though is be, is like sort of the Legion stuff where Karen Shipka was eligible let's say, for best actress and best villain. Like, best lead actress mm-hmm. and best villain at the same time. We were finally... Like, the show was finally admitting what we all knew for a while. That chick sucks. Like, she's a yeah. bad guy. Yeah. The... Um, I, yeah, go, Mike. I, I think we have our very first, like, dead balls accurate with Runaways. Runaways is the... What did you say, number 23? 24. Tw- 24, yes. I do think 
it is scientifically the 24th best show <laughs> that came out in the last year. It's also yet another example of in their a show in their last season just being like we're over it, the creators are over it, and then it <laughs> yeah. just sort of it just sort of ends. It just sort of like fizzles. In the like time jump aspect of it, like once we had like the guys from the future fighting each other, it felt like they were still they tried to like wrap it up in a way that like you could tell they were grasping is what it, it you felt yeah. the work into it. And now everyone has to say, oh, no, we're ending right when we wanted to. This is perfect. But sometimes you watch the show and you're like, no, it wasn't. You didn't know this was coming. The one other thing I want to talk about from this group, and this, I, I do think that Snowpiercer at 23 is accurate, you know, based mm-hmm. on how we all felt about it. But before it came out, we were thinking this, this is a top 10, maybe top 5 show. And it landed accurately at 23. And it sort of makes me think about the bummer that Snowpiercer was. I, it reversed bummed me out. I don't know. Maybe I just like Diggs and Connolly too much, but I was there for it the whole time. It is a, it, I still think it's the 23rd most, it, it's a perfectly average show that I thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, I was just hoping for Watchmen level, you know? Yeah. Like, now we're taking comic book shows seriously. and nah. Yeah, it still <laughs> felt like a little bit of work to watch it. And you could see it was a lot of work on uh, David and Connolly's like shoulders. Like it was like the only thing bringing you back. Concept, everything was cool, and it just did not work again. Yeah, it was too slow. It was too cheesy, and it was too logic jumpy. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, David Dick's character would say a uh, line of dialogue, and then Jennifer Connolly, the actress, would be like, "Really? <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what you want to do?" All right. Okay. <laughs> Does it surprise you guys that we are now we have now gone over thirty nine through twenty one? We're halfway. That there. doesn't. That's the order. That makes sense. Let me uh, let me ask the whole question, uh, Cassie. Oh, okay. You get a point. Uh, we have now gone through half the shows, and we have one nomination: best villain for Katie Keene. Zero wins and one nomination for the bottom half of the shows. That tracks. I mean, that's what makes the good shows good: is you can win awards. I get, uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that we don't have that Major League Baseball thing where every team must have a representative at the All Star Game. Like those twenty shows yeah. got one single nomination. We're not a kindergarten soccer team here. We're not no, like nobody needs those fucking you tried awards. Yeah, I think this is the first group that like all of them objectively make sense. Like this was the one where you, I think you could say there's like not much bias going on. Like this should be a pretty universal mm-hmm. gathering. Yeah, you're mostly right. We'll see later on in the show if you're totally right. But the good news is that for those 20 shows or those 19 shows, we're a lot of them we're never going to talk about again, and the rest we're not going to talk about for a really long time, guys. So, yes. bye-bye, shows. Bye. Specifically, Katie Keene, rest in peace. It's going to be okay. Uh, we will, we're going to keep digging through this, figuring out some more shows, talking about them. But first, got to go to our poll list. <laughs> We're back in here for our poll list. Our first and only show starting off this week is The Boys. On the third and fourth episodes of The Boys, we find out what's weird about Stormfront. She's a Trump voter. That's right. America's new girl power girl has a racist streak so wide that there's almost not enough room for any other streak. Meanwhile, Huey and Annie are on the run and fucking. Homelander's drinking up the milk of Elizabeth Shue lookalike doppelganger, which means... Fucking and Butcher and Becca decide. You know what? Too hard. Let's call it quits after all of that. But after they fuck. Oh, and now the entire world knows about Compound V, and the bot, bot stock is falling. Oh, and the boys is having the deep tackle Scientology. That's a lot. So taste buds. Let's start with this. What are the revelations about Stormfront due to the seven and to the rest of the season? Not if Homelander is already so bad. Like the, all the all the seven are variations of bad. But Homelander is, he just hasn't said what Stormfront said yet, but it's clear that's what he would believe as well. Or maybe he thinks she's pathetic because he thinks all humans are that, where she thinks white people are better than everybody else. And in his head, he's like, no, you're wrong because we are better than everybody else. Yeah, I wonder if there's a thing where, because Homelander sort of looks like the Nazi ideal, right? And she tells him that. At a certain, in, in not so many words. Um, and that's sort of like how... Republicans are like I would say that Republicans and Nazis. There's not a lot of difference, um, but the the whole conversation between Stormfront and Homelander is not about two sides. 
It's not about like Democrats and Republicans or uh, whatever, America and Russia. It's about right and alt-right. Mm-hmm. And so if that's what we're going to focus on is that if, if Homelander wants to win, then he has to get more Homelandery than Homelander has ever been. Yeah, that, that conversation was super interesting because like she calls him out that is yeah, I think she says your constant need to be loved by everybody is kind of pathetic, but yeah, your numbers went up. Like and nobody talks to him like that, so that is fun to watch. And then like the very open and evil and real, she's like, You don't need fifty million people to love you. You need five million people fucking angry and ready to do whatever you say. You and have fans, <laughs> I have soldiers. Yeah. That yeah. I mean, that's it's America right now. Good job, the boys. Did it, did it come off heavy handed or was it like oh this is this is kind of cool? No, I thought it, I thought it was cool. I thought it was dope. All right, well then let's get to the most sexy sex of all of these two episodes, where a boat entered the middle of a whale. Mike, how <laughs> this is I this is like I think if they only did this, what people expect from the boys, and you roll your eyes at, but I giggled. Like, and especially because Butcher came out and said something like, crikey, like covered in blood, like he was so British about it. And then the deep was just like crying because the whale guy, because he really did think they would just stop. Last episode, we talked about how the the making fun of Green Arrow and Hawkeye, that was kind of funny. But then it cut right to uh, a stand up, a cardboard stand up of the seven. But the deep is Uh actually standing there. That's what we need is like the funny part of this was not the killing of the whale but it's deep's look the deep is like <laughs> yeah. i've done it and i'm confident and i'm a superhero and here we go and then they keep going and he's like no wait what i don't know how to handle this and then it just absolutely destroys one of his biggest babies in the whole ocean and then even when the seven show up to track down the boys they're even like what the fuck are you what is your problem like right. you're such a bad like he's like i'm back and they're like no why don't you stay here <laughs> like i mean he gets screamed at uh by Annie of like, why would you even show up, you fucking disgusting rapist? And then even Homelander's like, no, bud, <laughs> we're rooting for you. I'm sure you'll be back someday, but I, I'm guessing that he probably will not be. Which makes me think that when are we just gonna adios the deep? Yeah, I'm I'm surprised that the show's like as interested in them as they are. There's enough p- moving pieces and characters. You think we could like. Maeve and her like she was pure, purely evil but now she's thinking maybe she should get out of the seven and is reconsidering her actions of the last 20 years that's pretty interesting like why stay on the deep for so long and I wonder how important Maeve is to the seven not in like the corporate branding way but like mm-hmm. Wonder Woman is fucking pretty powerful right like if she leaves the Justice League that's a big deal is that yeah. the case with Maeve or is Homelander like outweighing all of these people by a billion He's definitely there. Like, it's so weird in, like, the real quote-unquote missions and the pitches and talking about missions. Most of them are just there to cheer Homelander on while he comes in and just is the cleanup. Or maybe they do the real work and then he's there for the applause later. All right, let's get – we already brought it up a couple times, but we got to get to Huey and Annie. Are we enjoying them together? And do we actually believe that now they're going to separate? I I obviously found it disgusting and I hated every second of it, but I guess I'll give you a chance to respond. Uh, I shared uh, Mother's Milk, which is not what Homelander drinks, but is the name of one of the boys. I shared his face while they were singing. We didn't start the fire because it's like singing along to the radio. I get it. Probably do a better song than that. But they were eye fucking each other while they were singing it in front of their friend. <laughs> like, And not eye fucking each other because they're, you know, they're hot. Because they are, but they're not doing it because of that. They're like, oh, yeah, you're whatever looking. I don't even care. Oh, my God. You know every word of this 2,000-word Billy Joel song? Hello, baby. I do like that because is it another Billy Joel song he keeps watching the yeah. video of on his phone? So D- two different Billy Joel songs. <laughs> and I find that very character building. Um, but, no, they're not going to stay separate. Like, he should have rolled his eyes harder at her when she's like, we can't do this. Though she, it was brutal because she said, we can't afford to feel good or safe or let her guard down. We're all just alone. Like, but see, that's, that's typically a, uh, that's a gender reversal, right? Like, that's typically the mm-hmm. male person that says that. And two, it's almost always bullshit. Like, it, it, right. it only lasts for like 10 minutes in showtime before they're like, no, but I love you so much. I, I think he will. I mean, he's already left sad voicemails that he loves her. Uh, on her phone, and I, but I could see the show trying to make her stick to it for a while. Yeah, I mean, it, it is the smart thing, unless she is going to bail from the seven, right? So, and yeah, like if if the whole seven is you know dissipating, that's awesome. 
But, and it, it, they're just going to leave Homelander there. And then this new speedy guy that A-Train gets pissed off about. But then we have, a, we have somebody else from the 7 standing up, Mike, to do some detective work. What did you think of Black Noir throughout these two episodes? <laughs> I, hilarious that his detective work is sitting next to like a computer tech and just not letting her get up to go to the bathroom or eat. He yeah. just keeps pointing. <laughs> it sounds like the Noir was probably the best part of the shows, but Ryan, we'll start with you. Do you have a moment of the week? Um, I have a couple. Uh, the Huey and Annie knowing all the words to uh, anytime that we can bring back We Didn't Start the Fire, a song that I know all of the words to, <laughs> and we can make them look that cool, because I think it is very cool to know all the words to that song. That's great. But I think ultimately my actual moment of the week is Maeve and Homelander go on a talk show, and um, the talk show host, Maria Menunos asks Homelander, like, what about the diversity in uh, on the seven? And Homelander's like, wow. Throwing the hardballs out there, Maria Menounos. And, <laughs> and for some reason, it's when some when people just call people by their first and last name at the same time, it just makes me giggle. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Maria Menounos. All right, Mike, what about you? You got a moment of the week? Yeah, I got two. One I, I honestly enjoyed and one I thought was stu- uh, s- s- uh, so fucking stupid. So Mother's Milk, Huey, and Annie are on a road trip to find... Liberty to get they're doing detective work going down to North Carolina. They two of them are wanted, and one of them is one of the most famous superiors in the world. And they stop at a cafe to eat donuts. They're eating the most portable food in the world in a restaurant when they're all should not be seen anywhere. And I was like, "Come on, show that was stupid." And then a moment I liked is Huey started. He finds out what Annie's top three candy bars are, and they're all like Charleston Chew. They're all just the stupid reject. Disgusting. Almond Joy yeah. and Bitto Honey. And he makes fun of her until she throws it away. And that is romance to me. For sure. <laughs> Gaslighting. Real life portrayal. Alright guys, that is all the time we have to talk about the boys. It is on Amazon if you want to watch it. That's, again, that's it for the poll list. So next we are going to go back to Shushies. It is time, you guys. We have done it. We are made it to the last remaining bit and we are going to figure out what the remaining show is. Ryan, I think we left off at 20, so we're for sure going to get to the first show, right? Uh, look at the clock, Cassie. Mm-hmm. I see it. I see you it. honestly think that we could do that? All right. We might have to. I know everybody's going to be shocked about this, but we might have to put. It looks like we're going to put that off to the next show. What are we going to get to? Top. Well, uh, let's get to 11 right now, and then we'll do the top 10 next week. All right. Unless you guys want to do the top 15 next week. Because the clock is late as fuck. You got you to tell me now. We're having a meeting. Oh, I was just thinking. I was weighing my odds. You threw a lot of numbers at me. I, I'm good with this original plan. All right, here we go. I do think that Sabrina might be the line. Okay, I do think that last number 20, Sabrina, I think that that is the halfway point because check these shows out. Your number 20 show is Jessica Jones. Your number 19 show, nominated for two shushies. Best sidekick, Cheryl Blossom, and best comedian, Madeline Grabalar Petch. <laughs> Gotta throw the name out there. Full name. Is Riverdale. So obviously we did there was one part of Riverdale that we liked a lot. Uh your number eighteen show, and this is another final season. Nominated for one Shushi, Best Couple Major and Live. It's I Zombie. Number seventeen is Stumptown, a show that was recently renewed, and then the pan <laughs> happened, and then it got canceled. It got canceled. And your number 16 show, nominated for one shushy, Best Actress, Alba Batista for Warrior Nun. So that's Jessica Jones, Riverdale, Eye Zombie, Stumptown, and Warrior Nun. It's pretty surprising how high Warrior Nun is. Yeah. It really is. And I think a lot of that, again, because she did get that shushy, a lot of it comes down to her, her tiny oh, shoulders sure. carrying that. Like, yeah. <laughs> that is, this little grouping, I would say, is a mix between, like, nostalgia and we hold these shows in such a high place for like all these older ones and these new ones that just came into the scene and we were like enjoyed but it wasn't like an instant hit yeah i totally agree like i zombie you know didn't stick the landing as we like to say perfectly but it did okay uh jessica jones same thing right final season was fine but yeah this is the this is the mix of like newbies that we liked and oldies that we can't let go of that we have to like mm-hmm. we didn't love but we can't put them lower than you know snowpiercer yeah it would feel so rude to a zombie if it was lower <laughs> jessica jones it does feel like 
maybe we let emotions get too much just thinking about it. It, sh- it should probably be in the 20s somewhere. Yeah. What is, uh, is it, Cal- I'm blanking on his name right now. It's not Calvin, right? What is her, um, who was her assistant? Uh, the guy who like Malcolm. always sobered her up, Malcolm. Malcolm. Like he, that would be, I would say a lot rested on his little shoulders for that one. Cause, or it's just, we regarded him so highly. Like oh, when yeah. I was thinking of him, I was like, this is for my boy. No, it's, and that's perfect because, you know, it's number 20 out of 40 basically. And it's, mm-hmm. it's essentially just Malcolm in the middle. Like he got it right there. <laughs> But the other yeah, one, do your victory lap. You, round of applause for Ryan. Everybody, everybody at home is also giving you that round of applause. But this is where, like, obviously Riverdale, like it, it's probably a little high for this season of Riverdale. But like, we, I will never. It cannot go lower than this. I know it's weird. Like, I think there was a time where it was just a top ten guaranteed show, right? Mm-hmm. Even with like some of the haters on the podcast, like it was just going to be top ten no matter what. And now it's not just that Taylor's gone. It's just that it's, you know, it's it's the methadone to what the heroin used to be. You know, like it's it's yeah. fine. Thank you. It's bananas that a show like Riverdale can we can look at it and say, oh, you're just going through the motions like it, it should. It's so batshit that there are no motions. It should be able to just go through. But it's so obvious that it's now like this is what a show like Riverdale would do. Oh, no. My dad bought the gun that murdered my mom. And now my dad became a gun. He transformed into uh, a gun Riverdale. car. Riverdale. It is. It's like it's so batshit that they should have been floundering a while back because they threw out so many ideas just in mm-hmm. one episode. But it's weird. Like they still have ideas and they're still throwing a lot out there, but they're floundering in a way that like doesn't make sense. Because again, the wild ideas are there. Because this season was the like the flashbacks and flash forward. Like, did they kill Jughead? Mm-hmm. Right. And you're never gonna just like we know Lucifer won't really be dead after he got shot by Dan. You're never going to be like, did the three main characters kill the other main character? No. Who cares? Like, mysteries are fine, but make, don't make them fucking stupid. Even when you have Archie say, guys, we killed Jughead. That's crazy. And then looks at the camera and says, I swear to God, we totally killed Jughead. <laughs> Straight uh, up pinky promise to everybody, we killed him. Let's do this, though. Let's do Stockwatch. I feel like I already know the answer to this based on what you guys just said. But who is more likely in their next season to enter into the top 15? Riverdale's fifth season or Warrior Nun's second season? Warrior oh, Nun, I Warrior think. Nun, yeah, for sure. Because I feel like we, you know, we were introduced to everybody. And at the end, like all the characters that last episode, all the characters were way more interesting than when they started. Yeah. Like the characters found themselves near the end. So the, I think they, it, it can only go up. The hipsters were gone. Yeah, we boiled it. it down to just like the four nuns who were cool in all their own ways. And the guy who mentored them all was evil. Like, now I'm into this show. I mean, the biggest knock that I heard on Warrior Nun from people who watch the whole thing is Netflix. Fuck, why not just start the show at the end of the first season? <laughs> yeah. Which means that, like, that speaks very highly of the second season, right? Like, now, like, right. it sucks that we had to watch all of that, I guess, but now this is going to fucking rule. Yeah, because we got the origin story, which, again, had those hipster kids in it, so it sucked. We had to suffer through that. And now we got, like, this team of just badass young warrior women who are, like, up against this fucking shitty priest, and I'm here for it. Yeah, you got Hacker Nun, Half Demon Nun, Shotgun Mary, (laughs) Real Nun, nun, Beatrice. All right, guys. I I do think that this is another, like, so, okay, so these are shows that we did like-ish. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think that we're ready for the shows that we liked. So now it's time for the 15 through 11. And all but one of these were nominated for Shushies. None of them won a single Shushi. Your number 15 show is Lock and Key. Nominated for one Shushi, Best Villain, Dodge. Your number 14 show was nominated for one Shushi, Best Couple, Alita and Amei. It's Vagrant Queen. Number 13 is The End of the Fucking World. Zero nominations. Number 12 is Winona Earp, nominated for Best Supporting Actress, Dominique Provost Chalky, who plays Waverly. And your number 11 show, uh, Topic of the Moment Tonight, nominated for two shushies, Best Sidekick, Mazikeen, and Best Actor, Tom Ellis, is Lucifer. So we have Lock and Key, Vagrant Queen, The End of the Fucking World, Winona Earp, and Lucifer. Does it now feel like that we have hit our, like, our mojo, mojo, yes. our mojo. Is this our mojo? Is this not your mojo or Cassie's mojo, but my mojo and our mojo? Our mixed mojos. 
Yeah, this is this one where, like, that list, I just got excited for each of the shows that you named. Like, this is one where I'm just like, hell yeah, let's go. Even Lock and Key with Brody? Listen, Bodhi Bodie was the only... Da- well, there was some other downfalls, but, like, the Dodge outweighed that for me. And Dodge yeah, threatening Dodge that child will. every time like, <laughs> outweighed that. So it's going to be okay. Like, it's all right. We made fun of that kid enough that it deserves to be this high. And, I mean, Lock and Key, like, I don't... I probably had a couple of shows that are lower than this, higher than Lock and Key. But mm. um, first of all, I'm sort of like a, a higher brow, more elite thinker, academic of thinker course. than you guys, number one. And number two, you got to give it up. Like, week in, week out for Lock and Key. We were there. We were talking about it. We were trying to figure out these mysteries. Like, it did own right. the show for that first season. And it broke the Netflix curse for us. Mm-hmm. Like, we really did think, like, oh, every show Netflix does now are we going to fucking hate. And it's like, hold on to your butts. And we did, and we enjoyed it. I'm trying to think if there was an episode where we felt like, you know, Netflix, there's always at least like three episodes where you're like, this one wasn't needed for the story. They're yeah. just filling in their gap. And I don't remember us feeling that way fully about an episode. Well, that's the Never good thing about the way storylines. The way that Netflix works is the episodes are made in such a way where they're meant to be forgotten. So there's no way you right. could remember them right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, are you guys surprised why Nona isn't higher? I'm. I mean, I guess I'm not because although this half season I thought was really good, it was Cassie's introduction to the show. And then also all we got was one half season for the last two and a half or three years. Right. So as much as I love the show and as much as I like preach about it, I, I'm just instead going to feel good about how high it is. Yeah. All right. It was for sure the underdog because just so few episodes so late in the game to come in. And then, and then, go ahead, Mike. Vagrant Queen is th- it, this feels a little high for me. That, but I, uh, see, I think you I, were more up on it. Yeah, I could see this one being a little high, and this was probably like a lot of bias coming into this one. But it just like this was a show where maybe my expectation was so low that it like exceeded. But it it was one that definitely knew what it was. It had Tim Rosin, so that's always an instant hit, and Amaze Never Adorable. Did. So, like, what? I, I, you know what? I'm back on it. It fucking deserves this spot. <laughs> Should have been higher. Yeah, I think that um, Vagrant Queen, in a lot of ways, seems like if they, it, you know, how like there's a Netflix algorithm or a Hulu algorithm. It it feels like it was sort of made by a superhero show show algorithm of like, uh-huh. um, be a little bit serious but never too serious. Um, have you know, a lot of jokes and make fun of B-movie shit and have, like, focus on the characters way more than your genre will typically allow you to. I, yeah, I think it makes sense to me that Vagrant Queen really connected with the three of us. Or I guess the two of us. Mike is the Mike is goofy. But it had a whole episode where they had to save themselves by combat karaoke. Like, obviously. What do you want from a show? (laughs) That's true. They were going Uh, Well, I guess I want royalties for stealing an idea we created. (laughs) true that would be nice the the one surprise to me uh it makes sense that winona earp is here uh but i did i was hoping that lucifer is in the top 10 and next week when we get to it i'm gonna try to remember to announce because you know you can't just move something to the top 10 and not bounce something out so yeah i want to see what i want to bounce out but i do think that lucifer is is one of our top 10 shows interesting I really do enjoy it, and it is, it's one of the shows where, like, I feel like our top ten is going to be a lot of really strong characters, and there's, like, all the characters here and how they work with each other work well. So, I could see it being in that group, and it makes sense that it made it so close to it for me. This is a hard question, so if you guys don't have an answer, I understand, but are there any shows, because now we're going to do the top ten next week, and we're going to go slow and talk about them. Are there any shows that I have not mentioned tonight that surprise you? That they're like that in we, the top ten. That they are in the top ten. If I have not said their name so far, they're in the top oh, fucking shit. ten. And so without revealing what that show is, no, you can do it. I mean, they're just in the top ten. Oh yeah, I guess it's pretty surprising. The Umbrella Academy. I think this season, it's the opposite. Instead of letting us down, because I don't know if it's a real top ten show, but I think we all dislike the first one and this one we're like all right yeah good for you let's do it i don't know i i feel like the faults were more on the sleeve in the first mm-hmm. season and the the i don't know the things that it was doing well were more on its sleeve in the second season yeah yeah it definitely it it was like it was a show that didn't 
do great its first season and then showed us that it can be better. So you know what? You get a gold star for improving even in the slightest. I I, I do got to say, the last however many weeks, I was always so pumped to turn another episode on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I didn't mean like analyze the entire fucking season because we have to do that next week. I don't know why you guys are doing (laughs) that. But Cassie, is there any show that surprised you that I didn't mention tonight? I mean, the one show that, like, instantly I'm so glad to get confirmation that it is in the top ten is Stargirl. But knowing us, and it was Yeah, that's were you real nervous about that? I just, I for a brief second, I would say I was nervous. But then I, I knew we, I knew you guys came through. What does bum me out is we haven't talked about the boys. <laughs> we have not <laughs> talked about the boys. And yeah, let me tell I, you, I, I, that I, is a bummer. That one I thought Cassie was going to hold back. And then there's the two who are near and dear to our hearts, Ryan. And they both went out this year that I thought Cassie was going to revenge vote. Uh, and I'm very happy she didn't. That Arrow and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. have not been talked about yet. And mm-hmm. that, that makes me very warm inside. Well, there's five of your top ten right there, guys. Uh, tune in next week, I guess, to see the order and what the other five are. Yeah. And that is all the time we have for this whole show, you guys. So, uh like you said, next week it is going to be a big episode, but before we get to that, we're going to do some plugs. Mike, can you tell us about some websites? <laughs> YourPopFilter.com is where all the stuff we make goes. Throw a slash Amazon on the back of that. That is how you shop at Amazon now. Go to Patreon.com slash YourPopFilter. Give us a little bit of trunk or change, and we'll give you some extra content every single week. Was that your Maya Rudolph? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It yeah, really that, that was me celebrating her Emmy nom. Win. Emmy win? Victory. Emmy win. We love you, Maya. And Ryan, can you tell us about the other shows yes, that we Maya have, Rudolph are on? We have so many other shows that Maya Rudolph should be on. Uh, we have asked her. She says no every time. What does it sound like, Mike? No. That's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> uh, so you're listening to the Superhero Show Show, where we cover every uh, show based on a TV show based on a comic book, comic book property. Please subscribe rate and review this show and then do that same thing to movie of the year the only show on the internet that uh figures out the single greatest movie of any given year and the unnatural 20s where cassie and two non-mike and ryan's try to roll the dice through their way through their non-30s got it in one thank you check out all those shows they're great and mike can you tell us about social media at your pop filter on twitter on instagram do it just do it everyone we also got an email it's contact at your pop filter if you think our rankings for best show of the year is whack so far and we've messed up in any way go ahead and email us let us know if you think the boys should be lower let me know i'm you have an ally in me that is for sure and, and when you say that, week, I don't know if you're talking about how the show The Boys should be lower in the rankings or if me and Mike's chairs should be chairs. lower than they <laughs> are. <laughs> and Cassie, my chair can't be lower. <laughs> Ryan, you have about an inch of cushion. And let me tell you, that can be taken away at any moment. Never forget. Ouch. <laughs> All right, you guys. But next week, be sure to tune in because we got another big episode. Black Noir is going to take over The Boys also we're going to see the fallout of lucifer's murder and our biggest thing we're going to be talking about the teenage mutant ninja turtles the next mutation i'm so excited that's right mike's excited everyone get excited it's going to be great and for mike i'm ryan for ryan i'm mike and for me i am me bye everyone bye